you're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now, it's complicated. Hello, master daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. No, but you know how you text your friends and ask them what to wear on the first date, how to respond to a text from your crush, or to weigh in on whether you should post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Join our village every week because we're serving you expert guests who are filled with tips and tricks that will take some guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our pod with your friends so we can help the village grow bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend. Okay, Christmas is next week, and we are definitely in the spirit of giving, as long as it's not germs. So this time of year is usually filled with, like, so many parties. It's like, by the end of the year, like, you're tired, you're broke, and you're definitely a few pounds heavier, which we probably all all are from COVID anyway. Um, But the lack of white elephant parties and holiday work gatherings and ugly sweater parties and shopping outings and caroling and family Christmas Eve celebrations and stuff, they leave a lot of less opportunity for people who are single and looking to like cuff or meet people. It leaves less time for those people to go out and get coupled and like meet people. And if you're in a relationship, it kind of like takes away opportunities to keep things like fresh and exciting by like going to a Christmas party or having a fun night out together, just changing it up a little. So Either way, we all want Santa to bring us the freedom to hug again, whoever we want, like friends, strangers, whoever the hell you want to hug. So we are excited to have singer-songwriter Ben Hay in to discuss dating in the big city during quarantine, how love languages affect the harmony of the dating experience, and how to look inward so you can come out. Benjamin Hay, a.k.a. The Captain, is a Black, African-American, New York City-based singer-slash-songwriter-slash-model-slash-actor. Basically, a slashy. And he's got it all covered because he's a co-writer and a co-producer of Laverne Cox's Billboard Club Play Smash Beat for the Gods. The Captain has his sights set on music superstardom. His flight path has led to acting, where he scored a role on Marvel's The Punisher, Episode 3, which can be streamed on Netflix Worldwide. And on New Year's Day 2020, Ben Hay released a musical visual shot in Paris titled Scene of the Crime from his full-length album LAX, um, which I'm on, by the way. You can hear my voice on LAX. I'm the flight attendant in the beginning of the song, just in case you wanted to catch that. (laughs) Um, That led Ben to getting scouted as a model and making his runway debut at the New York Fashion Week in 2020, um, specifically Harlem Fashion Week. A man of action, the captain is always creating and has been writing songs daily since 2017. His creativity is what has been keeping him sane during this quarantine, and his latest single is the Jock Jam Body Positivity Anthem, Balls. His music can be found on all streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Music. Keep up with the captain on Instagram, too, and don't forget to follow him at Ben Hay all day. You might know him as the captain, but don't think you get to be his first mate just after one date. Welcome to the show, Ben Hay. Hey, Cap. Hey, ladies. Hey, hey. So happy to have you on here. And we are going to just get right to it with you, Cap. So what's your relationship status? Single, taken, it's complicated? 
I am in an interesting space between single, but I could be on a way to get it taken. So complicated in a good way. Yes. <laughs> complicated. Because sometimes it's complicated. It's like, it's complicated. I'm texting this guy and he's like, what? I don't know if I'm the booty call or whatever, but this sounds like it's in a good way. So now explain why you think it's going in a good direction. So this is good complicated because I am doing things differently. First off, this is my first foray onto like online dating, like true online dating. I've never really done that before. That's new territory for me. Well, so how do, so you met on online dating, right? Yes, we met on, I can share the name of the app, right? Tinder. All right. And so like, what about this person was interesting to you? And how did it get from like, just swiping to actually dating to on your way to Taken? So when I decided to open myself up to dating, I said, I want to do things differently. Everyone's like, Ben, you got to get on like the online apps. Got to do like Match. Got to do Tinder. You got to try Hinge. And I remember trying Hinge for like two weeks and I saw this photo and this guy just literally jumped out at me. And I remember reaching out to him and I didn't get a response back. And I was like, wah, wah, wah. And my ego was hurt and I was like, right, get him then. <laughs> so then after two weeks of being on Hinge, it really wasn't working out. I'm like, eh, I'm over it. So I let it go. So someone's like, Ben, you should try Tinder. So I tried Tinder. And literally, like, off to the races, I had over 400 likes. I'm like, how am I going to get through all of these people? Like, this is crazy. And someone's like, listen, be superficial. The people that jump out at you, those are the ones you want to match with right away. So he was definitely one of my top 10. And when I saw his photo, I said to myself, this guy looks so familiar. And I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Hedge. And I said, you know, I'm going to give this one more shot. And he actually responded. And um, the first time we saw each other... I'm like, okay, handsome guy. You start talking over dinner. And let me say this, like dating during quarantine. So here's the experience. We're at this restaurant, downtown West Village, and there's limitations. You can't sit at the table for too long. Like literally your dinner could only be 45 minutes. And literally they would have people waiting and they literally would just linger around your table. So I'm literally feeling like, okay, 45 minutes, that's a good and a bad thing. If it goes left and it sucks in the date, good. 45 minutes of my life, that's nothing. But if it's going really well, I want to keep it going and not feel like pressure, right? Right. So during the time of us sitting down, as we keep talking and I'm like, wow, there's something about this guy. I don't know what it is. Like, I want to keep exploring. I want to keep exploring. And we literally just said, listen, if we want to see each other, we'll see each other. And I'll be honest, there was a moment where we were walking from the dinner to this after drink, like kind of after dinner drink spot, also outside. And it just felt comfortable. I felt comfortable. I just felt safe. I felt like this is easy. This is actually a really good experience. And I just want to continue. So I always say to someone that when you go out on a date, especially the first date, it is just an interview for the second date. That's it. Don't marry the person off in your head. Don't future trip. None of that. Ask yourself if you want to see the person again. And I did. So it's been about two months. It's still early on. But where I'm, for me personally, I said to myself, <laughs> I have to get through what we are in right now. I don't know if you ladies know, you are in the trifecta. Wait, what do you mean? The trifecta is that window, which is Thanksgiving, <gasps> Christmas, 
and New Year's. Yes. Highly emotional, highly triggering. It's complicated because you have all these expectations of holidays and family, and you throw the pandemic on top of that. Yeah. Woo! You see a whole lot of crazy. I mean, okay, so we love this story about this guy. I love that feeling of like, safety and comfortability that you felt on the first date, like that is something to pay attention to for sure. If Mm. you're just around somebody and you get that feeling from your gut, like I feel safe, I feel comfortable. That's good. You want to like pay attention to that. That's your body and your mind telling you like, now it's not obviously telling you, okay, this is the one potentially maybe in retrospect, if it ends up being, you look back and say, I kind of felt that feeling in the beginning, but just pay attention to it because yes, you could feel comfortable and then it can end up maybe not working out for whatever reason, but it is definitely incentive for date number two. And like you said, interview for the on the first date for date number two, that's yeah. a great way to think of it. It takes the pressure off. Yeah. Listen, the dating process, especially dating during quarantine, is highly stressful. And the last thing I want to do is take an experience that should be fun and make it complicated. <laughs> Oh, and it has been. It definitely has been. But you mentioned also like dating in New York and the restaurant limits and things like that. Had you been dating much before this date happened? Or was that your first experience with dating during quarantine? And it's just been a bit challenging? You know, he actually was my, I believe, fourth date this year. I want to say my fourth date during quarantine. And it was mm, before him. Actually, no, all of the dating experience were great. It just wasn't as connected as this one. What were your dates like during quarantine? And like, how did you go about it? Because everyone's sort of using their own tricks and tips and safety precautions. So what was it like in New York? So in New York, um, a lot of restaurants, especially um restaurants that actually had space outdoor got really creative. Like some of them had like these really cool wooden structure setups and like plant installations that they just pretty much turned it to, I guess they had to get really creative. Like instead of eating indoors, eating outdoors, you want to make it presentable. Like you're outside on a New York city sidewalk in the summer, it's hot, it's smelly. You want to do the best you can to beautify the space. So what happens is You have tables that are spaced apart and you have the decor around it and maybe like some shrubbery or plants and um, you will get seated and literally there's no menu. So everything is like QR code, pull out your phone, you scan that, you ask for what you want. Service is a little slower because it's less people working. And before each date, I would have a conversation with uh, the person about if they've had coronavirus, when they had it, if they had antibodies or any of that stuff, always like have that conversation before. And then also the elements of like, how do you greet each other? Like, is it going to be a handshake? Is it going to be an elbow bump? Is it going to be a hug? Like, yeah. And I think uh, for me, I'm the type of person where I'm just very outgoing. I'm really affectionate. So for me to like not be able to like hug someone that I'm potentially going to be dating just felt weird to me. 
Yeah, that is weird, I think. I mean, I'm kind of like that too. And it's sort of like, it takes time to get back into the mode of like seeing somebody, even though you're wearing masks and everything, you're like, you see something and then you like just go instinctually to hug or at least yeah. hand or something. And you're like, especially friends and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. very awkward to have to like not do that. And it's sort of like retraining your brain, especially on a, like you said, on a dating experience where you're like kind of thinking about this person in potentially like, or playing with the notion of thinking about them in a more intimate light. Like it's just weird to be like a robot and like have your hands down by your side. And, and you know what I I think is kind of cool that you mentioned about how New York was like beautifying the spaces and make them feel more like there was ambiance outside. Like you're not just sitting on the New York city sidewalk. Think about if you don't have the opportunity to go out on a date, like you know, you live in New York, so you're fortunate to have like all these awesome things at your fingertips and like so many great things in the city that you live in. But like some things are getting shut down or some people maybe want to do their first date at home, like a FaceTime date. P.S. Yeah. Do you know any of that ever been? Have you ever done a FaceTime date? Uh, hmm. Let's see. You know what? I'm going to be totally honest with you. I did some types of FaceTime dates. Okay. Hey. 13 was. I mean, listen, show me what you're working with. I think that, that honestly, ever level level of comfortability you have, if it turns into something where it gets a little sexy, that's what great a FaceTime introduction is great for that. It's basically a segue into then meeting and doing things in person, whether it's more sexual stuff, whether it's just actually meeting in person to talk. But think mm. about this. Use the tip from New York and make your space really beautiful. If you are in an apartment, you're like, oh, I don't like, where am I going to sit on my couch? Like maybe set up a chair that has like something cute in the background, like maybe some artwork you like or a candle mm. or, you know what I mean? And like get in the mode to where you kind of feel like you beautified your space a little. It's the holidays. Put your menorah behind you. Put your Christmas tree behind you. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. be creative and make it fun. So it feels like you've kind of transported yourself into a more fun place too. And you know what? Actually, when you are showing your space to kind of reveal who you are and your personality, it says a lot. If you're not comfortable displaying that, it says, maybe I might want to make some changes. Because at the end of the day, if I'm meeting someone for the first time, I want to meet them feeling confident, sexy at their best. And I want to bring the same person to the table. If I can't do that, I don't know if I'm ready to be dating. That's a good point. And actually, that brings us to a question from a listener who asked whether it's okay to take yourself out of the dating game if you really don't feel like you're in a place to commit to somebody and it might waste somebody's time. But- can you still get to know someone or a few people you like, even though you've taken yourself out of the game? You know, I say take yourself out of the game if you feel like you have some serious inner work to do. If the dating process is extremely triggering to the point where you can't function and show up for yourself and show up for your life, then you need to take a pause. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I do know a few people who are like, well, I'm having bad experiences and they just kind of give up. I don't know that that works either. Try to find like a healthy balance. Maybe it's okay. I'm going to commit to say one date every two weeks, just so I'm in the practice of dating. Because at the end of the day, this is new territory. Like dating in a quarantine, like we're kind of pioneers right now. Totally. I think that is great advice because you obviously want to be as candid as you can be without laying it all out on the table because it is just a first date. So it's not Mm -hmm. like you need to like tell every deep, dark secret, but yes, like 
If you want to keep yourself in a game, that's great advice. That was a question from um, our listener, Ben Rowe. And then also we have a question from um, a girl named Olivia. She is actually saying that she enjoys dating during COVID and that she thinks it's like better than it ever has been because it's allowed people to like take time to slow down and it creates healthier organic boundaries. Do you think that that's like, have you figured that as well in your dating or how has it been for you? You know, I agree. I have this thing that I say, take it slow, get to know, don't be a hoe. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) It was good about that for me is that it reminds me, and I will say this, New York City is a fast city. Like, let's go right before quarantine. Everybody is hustling, on the move, career, hanging out with friends, social, theater, clubs. And when you move so fast, it's easy to lose sight of quality that might be right in front of your face. So now with this slower pace, and also I think the pool is probably decreases. There's a lot of people who have left. There's a lot of people who are scared and may not be ready to put themselves out there because they're scared of contracting COVID. I think that what that did was it forced people to work with what was out there. And also, honestly, just do something different. Like we're in a different space. And I think it's easy to move fast, especially in a place like New York City. But to move slow is like, what? This goes against everything this city stands for. But I feel like this is going to be like a new New York. I think that makes sense. Everything slower is a little harder. Or usually, like, if you're working out, if you slow down that movement and make that squat take, like, 15 seconds instead of five, it burns burns. worse. There's your little analogy, people. Like, if you go slower, it does feel harder, but you get more benefits out of it. Mm. Yeah, and also, like, there are the people on the flip side that are getting into relationships quicker because they want to quarantine with somebody. So they're like, let's lock it in so that we can form a pod and you have somebody to, you know, not be lonely with all the time. But at the same time, you're skipping all the steps of getting to know each other. So like, what is it you guys have in common? You like to sit on the couch and hide from COVID? You know, let me say this. I had a moment where I'm like, all right, I'm looking for a pandemic partnership, double P. And that got old real quick. <laughs> but I wasn't doing it on the dating apps. I actually, I was meeting people on the hookup apps because I was like, okay, the physical connection is extremely important to me. So if I'm not attracted to the person and we're not compatible, it's not going to work because we're going to be, again, indoors, spending time with each other. So I need to feel like not only are you a fun person, you're an attractive person, and I'm going to want to have sex with you, right? Yeah. I realize because of the circumstance of this pandemic, there's an element of desperation that goes with that. And for me, that's a huge turn off. And mm, that plan went out the window in about like a week and a half, two weeks. <laughs> no, but that's good that you recognize that, you know, because some people might not be able to put their finger on why something feels a little off. And if you do a lot of work and you ask yourself the important questions, you can get to where, what's that, you know, okay, this feels desperate. Let's cut that off right now. You know, yeah. have you adopted any like practices that dating and COVID like has, I guess, like revealed to you that you think you're going to keep once COVID goes away? You know, one of the things that I've been doing, especially with a new guy that I'm seeing walks like long walks. That's not something that I did a lot of. 
Like, for me, it was always about, okay, I need to get from point A to point B. So I'm, like, one of the fastest walkers. Like, if I can race anybody down any sidewalk in New York. But to walk slow for a long period of time, that's new for me. But so therapeutic, so relaxing. Like, it allows me to just clear my head, clear whatever chaos is going on in my brain. But also with the guy that I'm dating, it's been a good bonding activity. Like, we'll walk with his dog down the West Side Highway. And I have moments where it's just us. Like, we're the only ones that exist. And yeah, there are runners and homeless people walking by and a few crazy people. So you kind of have to have your guard up. But when those people go away, we just have conversation. We check in with each other. We look at the boats on the river. We look at the clouds if it's a sunny day. And it's just a newer experience for me because it's slow and I get to absorb it and take it in. And it just feels like it's healing my soul from the inside. Wow. I love yeah. that. That's like, and it's kind of sexy too, or like kind of romantic potentially. So that could be a good thing. Like if it's a nice weather and wherever you're at in LA, it's usually walking weather. So that could be a good fun thing to do. Like take a walk somewhere. That's nice. Yes. Talk, walk, get to know have moments where you stop and you hug each other and kiss each other. Like that's key too. Make sure you have stop moments, especially if there's like a beautiful scenery, like something that you could just lock into your head and be like, wow, remember we made out in front of like that beautiful flower arrangement or in front of this boat, like create those moments, create those memories. I actually was listening to um, Matthew Hussey's audiobook um, on my drive back from my trip and it's get the guy. And one of the things he said was of try and avoid dates that are like super basic and like interchangeable with anybody because more often than not, you're not going to remember how your experience was and you're not going to have any memories from it, like any inside jokes. If it's just like standard sitting at a restaurant drinking and you might not even remember everything because you were drinking potentially, but to have an experience, like a shared experience that you can, like you said, Ben, like point back to and say, remember that time we did that thing where like that crazy person walked by or it started to rain on us or we tried a million different types of food and like whatever we did. And so if you can do things that appeal to like your senses or your memory and have like an inside joke, then you'll stand out. And also you're going to build from that versus just like trying different food at different restaurants. True. Absolutely true. And that's hard to do right now anyway. So like maybe do some sort of something interesting, like you, you know, going to restaurants is not really a thing now. So yes, like going on a walk where there's something to look at and create that memory makes so much sense. You know, what's actually really cool now. Um, I actually have a snake plant that's about three to four feet tall. And his name is Jake the Snake Plant Roberts. He's named after a famous 80s wrestler. I know Jake the Snake Roberts. (laughs) There you go. But he's Jake the Snake Plant Roberts. And I've been transforming him to a Christmas tree for the last few years. I saw in one of your posts that you've got some cute little ornaments hanging from that guy. Yep. I joke out. He has bright red balls, not blue ones. (laughs) (laughs) So... The guy I'm seeing, we actually decorated it together. And I haven't done that since my ex. And actually, it was a really cool experience for the both of us because it's not traditional. It's not like that fir tree that has been cut down and brought from Vermont or Canada to New York City. Like, 
this is my guy, Jake the Snake. And like, I'm having somebody else come in and help me decorate. Like, I talk to this plant. This plant has been my friend during this pandemic. So for me to share that experience, it means you're special. That's so cute. And you should talk to your plants, everybody. <laughs> and name them. Give them names. Jake the Snake Plant Roberts. That is, I mean, that's probably one of the best names ever. But then you're very creative and you like write music and do all of those things. So that doesn't surprise me. But speaking of of your ex. Yes. So. Which one? Well, right. So (laughs) maybe we dive into you were previously married. This is. So, okay. Let's talk about that in its own experience. Like you fell in love with a woman and you married her. And yes. that was all legit. Like, explain your feelings on that relationship and how it's very real. Like, that's not negated by the fact that now you guys are not together and you have relationships with men and you identify as a homosexual male. I think I have heard you say before that you feel like that relationship was still very real and very loving and all of those things, right? Absolutely. You know, um, it's interesting. So, Sexuality, and I've had this conversation with a good friend who uh, is in a relationship, straight relationship, long-term marriage. And I was saying that for me, I didn't know even then about the spectrum of sexuality. So homosexual on one side, heterosexual on the other side. So I now know that I was never 100% hetero. And I could also say, even though I lean more towards the homosexual end of the spectrum, Because of my experience with my ex-wife, clearly bisexual, we had an extreme physical connection. Um, That's what bonded us at the beginning of the relationship. That was a seven-year relationship. When we got married, I literally thought that we'd be together. I was like, I'm going to be having sex, hitting into like me 85 years old, and our kids are going to be like, ew, you're gross. (laughs) And when... Things started to shift in my sexuality. And I will say I fought it because I'm like, no, I always saw myself with a wife and kids. Like, there's no way I could be attracted to guys. But there was this one guy I met, I'll never forget, that I felt like I care about how he sees me and like how I look and how I smell. I want to make sure like, I'm like, I've been like that with women. Like, I've never been like that with guys. Like, what's going on? And it literally, it scared me. But I wish someone said to me, like, you know, you're not the only one. Like, it's common and there are guys like you. But at the same time, I feel like I haven't spoken to a lot of guys who've had my experience who were like, we're married to a woman, were sexually active with their wife in that situation. And then now they are strictly with men or just, I guess, open to talking about the spectrum. Does that make sense? Is it complicated? <laughs> it's always complicated, but right? that does make sense. I think the more though, like you're saying, the more people actually do talk about it, the more we learn how common it is. And it's not actually as complicated, just that the human condition is what it is. And it is varied and it's not black or white and it's not, it's not even gray. There's like however many colors in the crayon times Absolutely. 10. It's a big rainbow. <laughs> exactly. And like, again, that rainbow, if you go to like Benjamin Moore and look for paint is like a million different colors of the same thing. And they're all called different things. Yeah. So you can call yourself whatever you want. And I'm sure as the years go on, and people study sexuality more, and where people fall on said spectrum, we will have new names for things. Like I think this year, we covered a lot of the different terminology. Last year, we did yeah. two and we're like, it, it just grows and grows and grows. And at some point, it's kind of like, 
well, don't people not want to be labeled? Why are we putting all these labels on these different parts of sexuality only to then find out that you can be several things? So why label at all? Absolutely. I'll say this, like right now, like, why do I want to censor myself? I'm like, like my mom is going to be listening to this. Like, I'm strictly dickly right now. Like, let's just be clear. <laughs> but I will say this. I need to have this moments of the pandemic. Like, I'd be at a speech. I would go to Reese Speech in Far Rockaway, which is mostly LGBTQIA, Rainbow, my family. And there were a couple moments where there were women who probably were straight identified amazing bodies. And I'd be like, wait a minute. Wow, she's bad. Oh, wow. I could probably, in the right circumstance, we could probably have something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. That honestly though, I think that if you believe in the spectrum and as I do, I mean, some people think you're either, either or whatever. I think there's definitely of all of the colors of the rainbow of variants that you could feel sexually. I think mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like you can appreciate what you're seeing and then maybe even take it a step further and be like, and I could probably be okay. Like being sexual with that. If you think about it at the end of the day, like if you let go of reservations, if you let go of judgment, if you yes. let go of fears or, or thinking that it's foreign and maybe uncomfortable, if you throw all that away and you just talk about the actual act of sex, I mean, it's kind of the same no matter who is on the other end of the spectrum. I mean, sure. let's be real here. A blowjob's a blowjob. Does it matter who the mouth is? Well, a blowjob isn't a blowjob. There's some bad blowjobs out there. not <laughs> Obviously, it takes skill. There are some people that are better than it than others. But you know yeah. what I mean. The feeling <laughs> hitting you is the same no matter where it's coming from. So if people could just like get all zen and be like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously, it matters who's on the other end because there's like emotionality and yes. chemistry and all of yes. that. But you get what I'm saying for all purposes. So if you could let go of all those things and you're an open-minded person and you've experimented and you're open to experimenting, that would make sense for you to then see a like bad woman that looks gorgeous and be like, I could cut, probably do that. And I think that's normal. You know, I actually, I have a book it's called All Things Are Possible. It's like my, instead of a vision board, it's an actual book that I've actually like put clippings of different like artists that I look up to or like different things I want to experience in my life and career and my journey. And I have a section, it's my sex ideal section, of like the body types and the physicalities that I'm typically attracted to. And my girl crush who's in it, I think she is amazing, is uh, Lori Harvey. I don't even know who that is. We're going to have that to. That is, I think she's Steve Harvey's stepdaughter. You need to Google her. Oh, I will. Okay. Yeah. She probably has a big personality if she's his daughter. Yeah. And she's a player. Like, she's like dated different celebrities. And everyone was like, oh, wow. Like, this girl, like, she's like a dude. And like, that makes it even more sexy because she doesn't care. She's just like, I'm living my life. I'm young. I'm beautiful. And it's sexy. The confidence. Like Steve Harvey is Jen's spirit animal. So really, you need to her. look Jed. You need to look her up and you need to like adopt some of her practices. And maybe that's why maybe Steve Harvey is bringing you guys together. Mm. I think so. It all makes sense. It comes full circle now. So do you have any advice for people that feel the need to come out or might be in a relationship where it's the wrong one and they're actually interested in a different sex or a different preference? You know, I will say this. It's a process. Like I'm still in my process. Like it's been, I think I'm at year 10. 
So I'm kind of late to the party. There's still a lot that I haven't experienced and done. But I will say, if you are curious or there's exploration that you feel that you haven't done that you need to do, I think the number one thing, get a good therapist. We love that. Get a good therapist. That's number one. Our ears because we think that everyone needs to have their go-to people, their village. Like, it's not like you also just one day start singing and release music. You probably have like a music coach or like someone who taught you something at some point that you did not know or helped perfect the thing that you were already good at to make it even better. And it's the same thing with a therapist. Like you might have some thoughts, but like maybe your thoughts need a little bit of guidance. Exactly. Everyone needs some guidance. But when it comes to sex and sexuality, especially in the context, if you are in a relationship with someone else, there's definitely going to be some need for therapy, in my opinion. I also want to say that that process is really hard when you are in a relationship with someone. For instance, for me, in my relationship with my ex-wife, at the end of it, I was unfaithful and I was deceptive. Me and her have spoken about it. I've made my amends to her, apologized to her. She was very forgiving and understanding. But if I could do it all over again, I would have had the conversation early on. I think it's important to talk to the person that you're dating or seeing about sexual history. Ask the question and also trust that whatever is going to happen, whether if the person is strong enough or open enough to say, you know what, that was your past. I'm willing to be present with you and move forward into the future with you. I'm okay. It can go that way. It can go the route of, yeah, no, I don't feel comfortable. This isn't going to work for me. And a whole bunch of other options in between. Be honest and give that person the opportunity to take that information and decide what move they want to do rather than hiding and being deceptive and then having it blow up in a way long-term and you're trapping the person or yeah. you're not giving that person an opportunity to make a decision based on information. Yeah. And and I think if you're asking the question, make sure that you're making it. I mean, I guess you can't really project too much onto the other person, but I would try, first of all, make sure you're ready to hear an answer. So don't go asking a question that you're like, oh, I don't think I want to know. You have to be creating a safe environment yes. for people to be honest with you. Otherwise, there's going to be some tension that might be felt. It changes the texture of their answer. And uh, you can't control people, but you can help someone feel comfortable. If you feel comfortable asking the question and you know you're going into it going, I'm going to be okay with whatever they say and make my decision, then I, it leaves the opportunity for the person who's answering you to then feel that feeling and go, okay, I think that they're really like want to hear what I have to say and not going to judge me. You know, you got to go in with it like that. You then mentioned when you you were talking about these lovely strolls you're taking with the guy that you are now with. Did you have to dive into any of these questions, history? Have you done that with him? Like, how do you how do you talk about this with people? Is it something that you are open about right away? Not so much. Is it something? No. That you I will say that it usually is good to talk about subject matters of like former relationships in probably the first three dates. Um, I will say he does know about my ex-wife. And I honestly think that because he's older, actually, he's actually in the silver fox category. <laughs> so he has some experience with life. And I think that he's definitely open-minded. I've actually dated some guys and I've shared with them that I've had an ex-wife and they look at me and they kind of like, 
have treated me differently. But I think that for me, I'm just at the point in my life where if you're going to reject me based on my past, like I can't have a future with because my past is my past. I can't change that. But here's the thing. If I'm with you and I'm present with you, that's all that should matter. Yeah, absolutely. That is all that should matter. I mean, sadly, though, people do take a lot of baggage into their relationships and have their own like scars and battle wounds. And now people all have their own fears about like COVID. It's like COVID's the new STD and you like have to get somebody's like health checkup before you even can go there. So it's, it's a weird, weird new line of questioning that's come out of all of this. But hopefully those hard and tough conversations do happen. Like Lauren was asking, like, while you're on those dates. And they do say people tell you more and open up more while you're walking. For whatever reason, that's the time to have those tough conversations. Yes. I learned that in therapy. Yeah. Have the tough conversations. You know, oh, I got to go on for you. So has any of you ladies been ghosted before? Uh, Yeah. Hello. It happens like way too frequently. Talk about a pandemic. So communication skills. Those people that... Two ghosts have lack of communication skills. I actually had experience in this dating experience where I thought I was being ghosted because we went 48 hours without contact. And the first 24 hours, I was like, I'm good. I'm an independent guy. Like, I don't need to be in communication every single day. But between the 24 and the 48 hours, I was like, what? Nobody's going to play me. This I'm not going to text him. And then finally, when I let go, he circled back and he let me know what was going on in his life. He was overwhelmed with family stuff and just life circumstance stuff. And I related and I understood. But I didn't want to talk too deeply about it until we did our walk. And during our walk, maybe like in the first, not the first 15 minutes, like we probably do like a 45 minute hour walk, maybe at the midway point. I just pulled him aside and I said, hey. It feels like you dropped out over the weekend. What happened? And he opened up and he shared with me what was going on in his head. Some of the fears that were happening, some of the circumstances that were happening. And I got it. I understood. And I'm grateful that because of the therapy that I've been through and just life experience, I know not to be blaming. I know to soften my voice when I have an uncomfortable conversation, speaking a lot of I statements and Allow the person to speak without interrupting them. Let them express themselves and then keep the eye contact. That's key as well. Well, you phrased it really well in like such a disarming way. Again, with the I statement, that makes so much sense. Because when you say I feel, no one should negate that because you are entitled to your own feelings and your own you know perception of a situation. But so if we're thinking, you know, if we are discussing the five languages of love, would you then say that yours potentially is words of affirmation or is it like quality time because you really want to engage with the person? So I have a top three. It's uh, quality time, physical touch, and then words of affirmation. And sometimes the physical touch and words of affirmation trade places. And this is another thing that actually solidified the bond that's happening with this guy. On our first date, we had the conversation. Actually, I think I brought it up. I brought it up. I'm like, hey, you familiar with the love languages? He's like, I've heard of them, but I don't know exactly. And I went through the five quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation. Is it gift giving and then uh, uh, acts of service? Yep. I believe those are the five. Yeah. So I, I didn't tell him what my top two were. He said to him, he's like, actually, I think for me, it's physical touch and quality time. I'm like, that's funny you say that. Those are my top two. And he's, oh, interesting. And he put his hand 
on my knee and I put my hand on top of his hand and I felt something. Man, well, that's pretty powerful and so cute and so convenient that you have the same languages of love because if you don't, sometimes it's very tricky because somebody only interprets love one way and the other person only gives love a different way and those two things may not add up. Lauren, do you know what your language of love is and has it changed? never decide I feel like it's like acts of service like I speak that's how I speak I like like helping people I like of like nurturing or like making you something or you know what I mean so I feel like it might be that but I don't know because then all the other ones like I feel like they mean something to me too and then I think I like words of affirmation. Like I like that to be spoken to me. Interesting. Well, it also can change. I thought my number one was words of affirmation followed by acts of service. And then the rest were like, okay, to me. And again, I think this is sort of a spectrum as well, because for you, Ben, to have three out of there's only five. So we all sort of have a little bit of everything, but I think we lean more heavily in one direction than the other. But I recently took the test yesterday and I got quality time as my number one, which is so odd. But I think it's because it's how you view certain things. So like if somebody does an act of service for me, it also to me is quality time because they are recognizing something that I need help with or they're doing something to make my life easier or less Mm. stressful. And like that then does open up quality time for us because I'll be less stressed and we can actually like hang out together and have more of a meaningful time or do a task together. So it's quality time, but it's also taking something off my plate potentially. But I also really like words of affirmation, though those have to be substantiated also by acts of service because cool if you talk, but you need to also walk the walk. And I think I now value action a lot more than just words because people can say whatever they want and it means shit sometimes. I'm so happy you say that. All right, so- I'm going to keep it 100% real with you. Lauren knows this because she's seen me before a lot. I know what I look like in the mirror. I'm a handsome guy. I bring a lot to the table as far as my physicality. That being said, I'm used to getting, oh, wow, you're hot. You're handsome. Oh, my God. You're sexy. All that stuff. But this guy, I get a sprinkling of that every now and then. Not too much. What I do get is the responsiveness. Like if I say, hey, can you give me a call? Within like five, 10 minutes, my phone is ringing. If I get on the phone and say, hey, I'm feeling like I got chill this week. I know you're busy. What's going on? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel that way. That wasn't my intention. It's just something about someone responding. It's like the words mean nothing, but if the actions line up with the words, sometimes the actions speak way louder than the words could ever. So, whoo. There's a reason why that saying is a saying for a reason. Like, Actions do speak louder than words. Talk is cheap sometimes, you know, and Mm. and you definitely need to see someone solidify the words with like a actual physical action. It just doesn't seem real unless it's followed up by that, I think. So that makes so much sense. And I think, Ben, part of the reason why you have such success with that and this guy, it sounds like you guys are doing like you've got chemistry and you're a good match. But also, it feels like you're very good at talking about how you feel and like Jen mentioned a disarming way. If you're the type of person who wants someone to be very communicative with you, you don't want to, if you're feeling off for some reason, you don't want to be like, hey, you you were supposed to call me back or like, you don't want to blame. You know what I'm saying? Still get the same answer. 
by being disarming, by being vulnerable. Don't be afraid to say to somebody, hey, I'm feeling like this. Can you give me a call or whatever? It Don't turn your fear into blame so that it pushes the other person away. Yeah, we don't want that. You want to get closer. You don't want to push the person further away. You have to get, you have to show your close, like inner like self in order to get closer to it can't just be i'm gonna act all tough and like i don't care or pissed off and then expect you to come back and be nice and vulnerable with me it doesn't work like that no it does not it does not that's a quick way to sabotage at the end of the day ask yourself the question do you want to see this person again if you want to see that person again you want to present yourself in a way that's attractive that they're going to want to see you again so if i'm supportive complimentary, consistent, loving, gentle. That goes a long way. That goes a long way. Those are attractive qualities. You don't want to leave with offensive qualities. That just puts up a wall. They're likable qualities. Just think about that. What would you like? It's the same. Really simple, actually. As I know it, it can get complicated, but those, when you break it down, it's the simple things. Just like if you're getting confused, just tell yourself, go back to a really simple thing. Like, is this nice? I mean, that's is this kind? Those are very easy questions to answer, you know? You know, also tone of voice. Like, I love you just gave the example of like the whole blaming versus being disarming. The elements of like, is it the hey baby voice? Hey baby. I was thinking, well, like, hey monster voice. Like, which one is it? Which one are you leading with? <laughs> if you want to scare a person away? Leave with that monster voice, but like that soft, like sweet tone, it goes a long way. Yeah, it does. Tone of voice is majorly key here. And if you can get someone on the phone to talk about it or take a walk and be able to deliver that tone instead of over text, it's obviously very helpful for the communication process. Speaking of voices, Ben. Yes. So have a beautiful one. And even more so than that, or equally, I should say, you are a very talented songwriter. You gave yourself this like amazing goal to write a song a day since what, 2017? Would you have like over a thousand songs? Like how in the yeah. fuck did you do that? <laughs> I don't know, but I just keep going. I'm like a machine at this point. So, I mean, you're obviously your songs are like influenced by your romantic relationships. Have you like penned anything about this dude? Oh, I'm going to keep that a secret. <laughs> I definitely have one or two in there. I definitely one or two in the arsenal. Yeah, but like, I'm going to wait before I share that. Is anyone ever worried about potentially dating you and ending up in a song? Um. Well, I've Taylor Swifted some uh, past situations. Yeah, it's happened. It's happened. Yeah, but uh, listen... That's a part of who I am. I'm a songwriter and I need inspiration and inspiration comes from all forms. It comes from my dating life, relationship life, mostly relationships, even if it's not my relationship, relationships that I've witnessed of other people. It's like the most authentic place I can write from. Yeah, it's a part of who I am. That kind of comes with the territory. When people, I when I was single, and I know this happens for Jen too, like a lot of people have said to us in the past or still do to Jen, like, oh my God, am I going to end up on your show? You know, like, and I don't know, Jen has like usually pretty good answers for that. Like, do you, is there like a stock thing that you deliver to people when they ask you that question, Ben? Because I'm sure people ask. I mean, it's like 
you know, you're a singer songwriter, like you're going to write about them. It's that's your life. That's your experience. Yes. And you know, I had one experience. This was not a dating experience. This was a hookup experience. And it was like a candidate for a pandemic partnership because it was all physical. And uh, I wrote this song. I think it was called like Pandemic Bay. And I posted like a short clip of it on my Instagram stories. And he saw it. And he was like, oh, my God, I felt pressure. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to take it. And I'm like, calm down. It's just a song. Like I write a song every single day. It's not that serious. Like. But uh, for him, it scared him, and I had to respect that. But listen, I'm glad I scared him away because look where I'm at now. <laughs> that and and that is kind of like a filter for you. So that would that's you know a good a good way to filter out the ones that don't make sense for you, and that was not going to make sense for you in your lifestyle, obviously. No, 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 no. And I will say this though too. So with my creativity, that is a big part of who I am, especially like the whole Captain persona, Benjamin Hay, like. Um, I had a moment where we were decorating the tree and we stopped and we're like on the couch cuddling and he asked me, he's like, I want to hear one of your songs. I want to hear you play. And I have a keyboard set up in my living room. And I said to myself, I could be that guy that's always like, hey, I got this new song. I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. Like this little puppy. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. But the way he asked me was so sweet that I'm like, how could I say no? And I sang one of my songs. And he's like, wow, that was like my favorite part of the night. Oh, my God. Did he say why? Like, did this song resonate with him? Or was it just that you were like super vulnerable, almost naked, if you will, when you exposed yourself in that way? Exposed myself that way. That sounds so sexy when you say it. I think it was the vulnerability. The vulnerability, the intimacy of it as well. And also, I think for me, there's something that happens like um, I have a switch when it comes to who I am and then that shade of performer. I can lose myself in the moment in the song. And I definitely want to make sure every time I'm playing and I'm singing, I'm connecting to what I'm singing. And for some people, they might be intimidated by that, but he felt safe to ask me. So I felt safe to perform and not hold back. Yeah, that, I mean, if someone's going to come to you and say, hey, can you do this thing for me? It makes you feel like it's something that they want, something that they're interested in. And so it lets you deliver it in a comfortable way because you don't feel like you're imposing it on somebody like, hey, I want to play this song for you. Although that could be fine too. But in this instance, that's what felt right for you and him. You wanted to see that side of you. You wanted to show it to him and he invited that in and that allowed you to, I mean, singing and performing in front of people is very vulnerable and very private potentially. That was probably, again, he made you feel safe. It sounds like you guys really make each other feel comfortable and safe. And those are really important things, especially now to feel you're just exploring the ideas of a relationship because it's so scary um, to open yourself up like that. And I mean, I can't imagine something that somebody wouldn't want to feel. A lot of people are like, oh, I want a guy or a girl that's got like a sense of humor and is smart. And while those things are very important, I think safety is like one that people sleep on. Yeah, it's huge. And I I can relate to that. And that's an important one for me. And I think a lot of people listening can probably relate. Maybe put that on your list of things that you maybe you haven't thought about or focused on, but maybe coming into this new year, like maybe someone who makes you feel safe is like 
actually pretty important and it just might get glossed over and all of the hoopla of the complicatedness of things, you know? You know, before I said to myself that I was open to start dating again, I did this thing called the 1510 list. You write a list of 15 things that you want in your next partner. And after you finish writing down that list of 15, you have to narrow it down to 10 things that you need in your partner. And safety was definitely one of my things. Well, I have never heard of this list before, but I love it. And I think people need to definitely know about that. So you guys add that onto your New Year's list. Safety is one of those things for sure. We're just going to give you one of the answers, okay? We don't care if you don't think you need it. (laughs) And speaking of listening, Ben, tell everyone where they can like find you, follow you, listen to your music. If you've got anything coming up that they can look forward to, because everyone is just going to need to hear your stuff. I mean, you guys could play this music on like a sexy date night. If you want to hear me in the background of one of his songs, you can, because hello. If you listen to the album, Lauren is the first verse that you hear on the LAX album. That's right. I'm the player. So everyone definitely check it out. Ben, where can everyone find that? Yes. So if you go on my website, Benjamin Hay, Dot com and Benjamin Hay is B N J A M I N H E Y dot com. You have a link to all of my music. I'm also on Spotify. I'm on Apple Music. I'm on Tidal, all of the streaming platforms. And on Instagram, I'm at Ben Hay all day. B E N H E Y A L L D A Y at Ben Hay all day. Oh, thank you so much, Ben. This was so, so much fun. Oh, thank you, ladies. We hope you listen to us all day, or at the very least, tune in next week for an all-new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff and celebrate my birthday and Christmas. Also, if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show, and it's complicated wherever you get your podcasts to rate and comment. Also, hello, tell a friend. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds. You can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds. We'll be back next week. Love you long time. You're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now it's complicated.